Hello and welcome back everybody to the Cross Point Church Scripture Podcast. My name is Josiah, I'm one of the pastors here at Cross Point, and I'm so glad to be joining you for today's program. If you're new with us, I'm so glad you're along for the ride. Um, if you've been listening to this for a while and it helps you commit to the habits of the Christian life, namely uh, Scripture, then why not recommend it to a friend that you know would might benefit from it? Uh, we don't make any money off of this podcast. The point for us is to reach um, God's people and help them be committed to Scripture for their strengthening so we can be the church that God wants us to be. Today, we are going to be in Luke chapter 1. This is a place you go a lot for Christmas, but we're going there today, even though it's 97 <laughs> degrees outside here as I record this. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. This is classic verse of the day type stuff here. Okay, you'll know what I mean when I read it. And I think it's great because when we look at the context, we're going to see that it's still great verse of the day stuff, but it really helps us illustrate the importance of context as we study the Bible, okay? So Luke chapter 1, verse 37 says this very encouraging verse, for nothing will be impossible with God. All right? You can, <laughs> that's pretty good. For nothing will be impossible with God. That is definitely, uh, belongs on a t-shirt, belongs on a coffee mug. It's an extremely encouraging uh, Christian scripture. Now, the thing that worries me about a verse of the day like this is outside of context, it's begging to be filled in with whatever I'm going through right now or something that I don't have but wish I did, and on and on, some kind of situation I'm in that I wish was different. And then if I read this, oh, this is my verse of the day for today, then it's a short trip, at least for me, I won't speak for you. It's a short trip for me to begin to believe that God is going to do for me or get me out of or bring to me or solve whatever it is I'm facing right now because my verse of the day says for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, I agree that ability-wise, no matter what you're going through or what you wish you had in your life right now, God could do. What I do disagree with is that God is extremely clear about what he will do and uh, what plan or purpose his power is involved in. And if we don't get that, if we don't get God's heart and his mind and understand the priorities of the kingdom, then with these sorts of verses of the day, we open ourselves up for a lot of uh, loss of faith and heartbreak. And the only one who benefits from that is the devil. And so what we want to do is, uh, there's a lot of things we could do, but what I'd like to do is just look at the context. Where is this coming from? And what this is, is the birth of Jesus foretold. Okay? So this is where Jesus is being told, uh, the angel is telling uh, Mary that he, she will have, she is a virgin, She's never had sex with a man, but she is going to have a baby anyway, and it's going to be the Son of God. Let's skip down. So there's the greeting that you guys are familiar with. The Lord is with you. And then 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying, tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be, as you can imagine. <laughs> and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great 
and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And reasonably enough, Mary said to the angel, verse 34, How will this be since I am a virgin? 35, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. 36, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son that's going to be Jesus' cousin John the Baptist. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So Gabriel kind of saying, we've done this before and we're going to do it again. Then 37, our verse, for nothing will be impossible with God. 38, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Okay. So first and foremost, let's notice the Bible does not turn down the impossibility factor here. It just keeps upping it. So not just one virgin, but also a lady who is too old to have kids. And this isn't being told just by some wild-eyed prophet. This is being announced by an angel. And not just any angel, but the archangel Gabriel. Okay? So what has happened is Mary, uh, uh, from all we know from history, just one of the daughters of Israel, just um, a girl in Israel. Nothing. So anyway, all of a sudden, she finds herself caught up in things way beyond her. <laughs> I mean, way beyond her. Suddenly she is going to be the mother of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And an angel, who she evidently is not um, used to having conversations with angels, okay? Uh, this angel shows up in her life and makes this announcement. And it's, and it's an announcement. It's not a question, and it's not a maybe or an if. Uh, it's going to happen uh, because God wants it to happen. And the circumstances have been chosen for their impossibility. So God didn't accidentally choose Mary or Elizabeth to be John's mom. He chose them on purpose. One old and unable to have children, one young and having had no children yet. And there's some there's some cool stuff in there, but we don't have time to go into it. And so the angel lets Mary know that when God wants to do something, that's the important part, okay? That's the important part of our verse. For nothing will be impossible with God. But obviously the emphasis here is on the fact that this is something that God had planned to accomplish. Okay, so this in our lives, this highlights the importance, the necessity of getting into Scripture because in God's Word, Genesis to Revelation, we have God's heart, his mind, his plan, a plan that's been in, in operation for over 10,000 years. I'm sure longer, but I'm just sticking with the scripture here. For over 10,000 years, God has been moving the plan of his kingdom, the redemption of his people. Ever since they fell in the garden, God has been working out this plan so that his redeemer, his son, would crush the head of the serpent who, you know, bruised his heel but he bruised his heel as it was on its way down to crush his head. And God is redeeming for himself a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And uh, so his birth to Mary as a fulfillment of a promise to his people, uh, his death on a cross for the conquering of sin and the forgiveness of his people, 
his resurrection from the dead three days later, uh, having conquered death, his return to heaven victoriously where he's preparing a place for those who are waiting for him. This and then his unstoppable, inevitable, promised return for those who are looking for him. These things are the overarching plan of God and they cannot be stopped by anyone or anything or any circumstances. And it's that perspective that we see uh, Luke 1 and 37. Not the perspective of, the, the danger is to take this verse and pull it down into our particular circumstances and point it at our circumstances. Like, here's my circumstance, I need this um, promotion at work or I need this to work out. Those things, those are concerns that are in our lives and God is concerned with them too. And when we bring those concerns to God, he, he considers them and he answers from heaven. He will help us. He will do what's best for us. He will share his wisdom for us and he can do anything he wants. Uh, but that's the shape of the Christian life. Mary's reaction here to the angel, that's the shape. That's the attitude. It's not God can do anything and he will do what I tell him to do. It's God can do anything and I'm so overawed that he's included me and I won't call anything that God plans to do impossible. And so some possible avenues of this for prayer for me have been, you know, in one way it can shut down your prayer where you, you think of a few impossible things that you think God should do and you ask him to do it and then it doesn't go the way you thought it should and then you say, oh, well, the Bible's not true and God can't do the impossible. Well, it has nothing to do with can't. It's that you, off, you, you asked and God gave you his answer and that's okay. Do you trust him or don't you? Mary trusted him. That's what we read in 38. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant, there it is, of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And so we as Christians say the same thing. That's the seat we take. I am the servant of the Lord, not his boss, not his partner, not his co-worker. I am his servant, and I want it to be to me according to his word, not to him according to my word. All right, now, I don't mean to make light of these things. A lot of times when we pray impossible prayers, it's because we're coming from a place of pain in our lives, and I understand that, and I've done it many times. The nice thing is, you can do it. God's not mad at you. You can say, God, you know, don't let this happen to me. Jesus in the garden, and we're talking about the salvation of all mankind. He's in the garden of Gethsemane saying, I would that this cup would pass from me. I don't want this to happen to me. I mean, you know, so you can't get much. That's that's the center of Christian history there. And Jesus was like, I'd rather not. You see what I'm saying? But it wasn't done in a sinful way. It was just him being honest and saying, I don't want this to happen to me. And then we know the, the key follow-up was Jesus saying, nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Okay? And that's Mary's attitude here, and it can be ours too. When we do that, we're involving ourselves with the God of the impossible, and he can do whatever it takes or whatever needs to be done to carry us and to include us in on his plan. He cares for you, and he wants to include you, but ultimately we trust him, and we leave the results up to him. And the great and magnificent promises is he's made to us that we'll spend eternity at his side and at his right hand or pleasures forevermore. Those are the sorts of things that cannot be taken from you, cannot be turned around. Amen. All right, guys. Psalm chapter one, I'm sorry, Luke chapter one, verse 37. Great verse. Long as you let it sit where it's supposed to. I hope to see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.